today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk uh, brought to you by Vacuuman, Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing and Vacuuman, uh, joins us once again. How are you doing this week? Hope you had a fabulous five, six days. I, I did. You know what? This week has been going very, very quickly, but I can also tell you it's been very, very cold, Bill. And I it mean, has. boy, am I ever am I ever missing those times when you used to be able to get in a plane and head down to the warmth? So it's uh, it's been a little chilly, even on our side. You know, it's, I miss this. I miss that we can't leave Canada at this moment. Well, for those who can, I'm glad you brought that up. Nice segue, Adam. Boy, you've done this before. Uh, this is just uh, breaking news now. We just found Global News has discovered uh, that, uh, you know, the Prime Minister is going to make his daily announcement in just a couple of minutes from the, uh, the, co- the cottage he lives up in Ottawa there. Uh, the federal government is going to be forcing incoming international travelers to quarantine in hotels for an undetermined period as part of the new measures meant to slow down the incursion of the highly infectious coronavirus. Uh, multiple sources have confirmed now that among the measures, everybody, all arrivals to Canadian airports, will have to pay out of pocket to quarantine in a hotel, not in a house, but in a hotel uh, for, they figured, maybe two weeks, maybe longer. But it's on your dime. So in other words, if you're going to fly, if you're going to travel internationally, and I know people that are simply, yeah, who needs to do that? I'm going to travel. Uh, you're going to have to pay for two weeks of a hotel once you get back into Toronto or wherever you land. Uh, and that's apparently going to go into effect uh, immediately. The, the Prime Minister is going to announce that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, and I know you go back and forth across the U.S. border, of course, because of all your companies and things like this, but uh, international travel is going to cost you a whole lot more if uh, you decide you're, you're just going to forget about what they're doing with uh, you know, the no travel restrictions. It's going to bite you in the wallet. Well, yeah, and I mean, in my case right now, thank goodness, I've had it set up as a remote. I haven't been across the border since the COVID first lockdown in March. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's been, uh, it's been a little nerve wracking trying to, uh, trying to not be able to do that. And I know it's an essential because as a business owner, I'm entitled to travel, but I've been really trying to lock down as I know many Canadians are and, uh, and trying not to do my, try to do my part, but it has been very, very struggling with respects to that. And I can say that that new uh, passing that you just brought up, uh, it's not just hotels. I know uh, from an Airbnb side, people can still book for the quarantine side up to two weeks. You can still use an Airbnb, but the, you have to pay to lock in and you can't do it just from the comfort of your own home. I think that's because they can qualify it with the fact that you're purchasing and it's up to the person that you're staying with or, uh, or who your uh, the hotel or the airbnb bill it makes sense because now the government could check on that oh yeah i mean it, because in the past uh, they have sort of had a quarantine that you know if you're coming in from some other place they'll say okay thanks mr Olfin. though you're going to quarantine for 14 days oh yeah yeah sure i am sure sure yeah and and you know they don't know where after you leave the front door of the airport they don't really know where you're going now you're going to be in a hotel or at least you're going to pay for a two weeks in a hotel so you may as well stay there too but anyway that's just uh, breaking news that we need our listeners to be aware of uh, and hopefully uh, everybody's going to be staying at home and not do the international travel thing anyway but even if even if it's business travel uh, that's going to be in play so keep that in mind all right listen we got a lot to talk about here today uh, we usually have the hack of the week how about the arrest of the week because that's <laughs> that seems to be an ongoing theme now uh, you know it, we mentioned the fact that there are so many different people online now because of the pandemic uh, and and that's just that's rife for people that just want to well, let's face it, bend the rules a little bit. And they, there's a guy in Quebec they caught this week, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and Gatineau, Quebec was a gentleman that got actually caught. So this is good news, Bill, because all we hear about is ransomware. And, you know, when we talk about people getting or not reporting, this is one of those ones that it's actually a good news story. Uh, they caught the gentleman. He had $455,000 in cryptocurrency from ransom payments. And and this is a group that was using, uh, it's called NetWalker. It's a, it's a software. If you hear of NetWalker, it's what they use to lock down. Uh, infrastructure and force companies or municipalities to pay to release their information. So sure. in this case, this, ge- this gentleman had got, uh, and I believe we even spoke to a few of these, College of Nurses of Ontario, a Canadian tire store in British Columbia, and the Northwest Territories Power Corp all were victims of this gentleman. And uh, in total, plus there is more, those were the three that I was able to dig up and determine what they were able to find where the money came from. $27 million. Uh, was actually stolen in, in currency, but this gentleman was caught, and it's a, it's a testament, Bill, that there is hope that ransomware and people doing this service, they're going to get caught. Uh, eventually, and this is good, and that sends a message to everybody else, but that's, that's bizarre. That's an awful lot of money, but uh, thankfully, I should say, the authorities are clued into what's going on here. Uh, what's up with WhatsApp? Well, WhatsApp has had a ton of negative exposure. We've heard about the uh, policy they were going to be implementing, and many people were leaving, uh, not many, millions of people were leaving and jumping into other uh, systems. However, just to add insult to injury, WhatsApp has a serious issue with a uh, malicious malware, uh, which is a virus compared to ransomware, just to be clear. Um, and what it does is it infiltrates your mobile device and creates havoc on it, meaning it gives it full control to be able to see your photos, your banking. Um, just another reason that we're probably going to be hearing more and more about WhatsApp. So if you're on the fence of, well, do I really want to you know, jump into another app? This might be another reason why you need to look at other alternatives. WhatsApp has got a vulnerability in it. Now, f- people that listen to the program on a regular basis know that both you and I are huge fans of James Bond. I love the movies. Uh, Daniel Craig, I love Sean Connery. Uh, Daniel Craig, the best James Bond ever. Uh, the newest movie, called No Time to Die, uh, has been put off and put off and put off, and we understand that. It's because of the pandemic, and, you know, I guess maybe in the springtime later we'll get to watch it. I hope so, anyway. But there's a tech uh, there's a tech side to this that I found was really bizarre. You dug this story up, uh, and it's because one of the really cool things about watching the Bond movies is all the stuff that Q gives them, right? All the new toys and all the, the new technology. But, but there's a problem every time they boot this movie forward, isn't there? Yeah, every time they, they moved it so far ahead, Bill, that the phones they're using are outdated. And obviously <laughs> in movies like this, um, they're trying to showcase that it's the latest technology, it's got the latest capabilities. Well, I guess Nokia was one of the phones that James Bond was using, and I believe a few other of the MI6 agents. Uh, of course, I don't know anything about the No Time to Die full uh, uh, plot yet, but one of the pieces in this which actually made me go, wow, you know you pushed a movie so far that they've got to now do reshoots because the phones are outdated. So uh, it's a serious concern because Nokia apparently no longer sells the phone. That's how old it is because I think we're going on over a year now that yeah. the movie was supposed to be released. Uh, I think it was December 2019, if I'm correct, Bill. Um, but anyway, uh, it's so outdated they're now going to do reshoots because, unfortunately, the tech is so old. It's, uh, it, it's kind of comical but almost uh, disheartening to know that this movie's been sitting on the shelf so long that when you finally get to look at it it's like wait a minute james bond sending a fax 
What's this all about? <laughs> so, um, how's that so amazing anyway? Anyway, it, movies are, are also impacted, and if they keep pushing it, they may even have to scrap the whole thing because the car is going to be outdated. Oh, please don't say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, but that's that's kind of an interesting twist of the whole thing. Hey, what's going on with Apple? Well, there's a couple things with Apple right now. If you've got a notice and you have an iPhone six or up, I want. I always get asked this, by the way, Bill. Like, I we have we do have a lot of fans of Tech Talk, and I always get asked questions, almost like an IT expert. And one of them I get asked a lot is, should I upgrade or I get a security update? Should I do it? Is it the right thing to do? If it's coming from Apple, if it's coming from Android or Samsung Android, you want to do the security update. Well, there's a serious one. That if you have an iPhone six or up, you might have been noticed or been told notice uh, that you want to do a security update. This one is a Apple's not saying what the threat is, Bill, but it's serious enough that Apple has done a media release that encourages everyone to uh, take the time and upgrade their security on their mobile phones. So if you got the notice, you want to make sure you do that security update. Uh, do you get a little nervous when they say, "Well, you don't need to know the details"? <laughs> yes, I feel that way every time I watch the, the Prime Minister speak. I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm sorry, was that too soon? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, we delve into that field from time to time anyway. Uh, what's, uh, you mentioned a couple of things about Apple. I know we, we talked about the Apple Watches last week. Yeah, oh, sorry, yes, I should also mention, if you have an iPhone 12, okay, so aside from the iPhone 6 up is all the security you want to update. If you have an iPhone 12 and you upgraded in the last year, here's something you, you definitely need to know. If you've got any kind of medical equipment, such as a stint or uh, uh, you have like a heart monitor, um, it is highly, and, there, and Apple again is making a note, the new MagSafe which is uh, part of their uh, magnetic charging technology, uh, they're warning people don't hold it close to any kind of medical devices. So uh, anything like that can um, actually cause a lot of issues. So a pacemaker, if you've got a def uh, defibrillator, any kind of radio device that you may have on your body, uh, Apple is making the announcement the iPhone 12 has to have, you want to keep it at least six inches away from those uh, uh, medical devices on you because it will disrupt it or cause uh, a medical problem. And it's hard to believe that, well, it makes sense. I mean, there's so many magnets now in the iPhone 12, it could disrupt and, and cause a bit of a, a problem with any kind of medical devices you may have. That is bizarre. Um, we talked about the Apple Watch. We talked about this uh, with the Samsung Galaxy. Uh, watches are, are a big thing these days, and the technology is fabulous. And I know we've we've had this, uh, you know, Samsung versus Apple thing for the longest time right now. Uh, so we need to be aware of that. Now, we talked about hacks and, and people doing this sort of thing, uh, but we do still do. And I told you we should probably just do the hack of the week is going to be a feature. It could actually be a spinoff show. You know how they it have, really like, could. If, have a successful situation comedy and the, the, the main thing is actually a spinoff? Uh, maybe we'll do a hack of the week for a couple of shows, too, uh, because th this is it happens on a regular basis now. Yeah, this one was a biggie, though, uh, and this is very difficult, and it's actually horrible that this took place. Um, you know, right now people are locked down with COVID, and uh, I don't know the statistics when it comes to uh, how many people are single or not right now, but, you know, in this case with COVID, it doesn't really allow our dating life to be able to allow to get together. Well, a lot of people are moving to an online dating, and they're kind of communicating that way. Well, 2.28 million this hack of the week 
got infiltrated and is now available on the dark web. Now, the, the bad news is that uh, it was on a website called meetmindful.com. Uh, I, I don't know enough about it other than it was a dating site, and some of the sensitive information was real names, email addresses, dating preferences, body style, uh, passwords, and including, and this one's why it's so big, Bill, Facebook user ID. A lot of people, sometimes they don't set up their own username and password. They log in with a Facebook account, or they think mm. it's convenient that they can just link in with their Facebook. Well, that information all got compromised. And so the only good news out of this hack that, that took place is that the message exchange between people was not hacked. That was actually encrypted. But anything about the people that signed up uh, is now on the dark web. Um, so anyone who might, might have used the dating app, meetmindful.com, uh, if you've used your Facebook account, it's now capable of being infiltrated. You're going to want to change that password. Uh, there's a new president south of the border, as we all know. Joe Biden took over a little more than a week ago now. And a lot of executive orders, in other words, reversing some of the Trump policies. Uh, and one of the things that President Biden is doing, and this is going to be of great interest, especially after what you were just talking about here, uh, is basically, uh, you know, putting some oath behind national security. Donald Trump, this wasn't such a big deal, uh, basically, I guess, because he was a buddy of, of Putin's. But uh, the president's really going whole hog on this, and he's going to spend a lot of money on this, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's kind of back and forth. I mean, before the Trump administration came in, it did exist, and there was actually a, a push for cybersecurity with the department within the Trump administration. Um, Biden has come back and said, you know what, uh, we're bringing it back, we're getting a cybersecurity leader to take a, a, a division expert to come into this, and we saw that with, I mean, the hack of the week was, was uh, it, it was almost becoming hack of the day uh, last year, and I think we even did the 12 months of hack at the end of the year, Bill. Um, so this is actually a great thing that the Biden government has done. They've stepped into it. They're going to be talking a little bit more about how they're going to be ramping up under the NSA. Uh, put, In fact, one of the uh, representatives of the NSA is going to be the director of the new cybersecurity department. And this is something which, again, I speak as a U.S. Uh, I believe uh, very shortly we'll be talking a little bit about what's going on in Canada because there's going to be a little push for that, I believe, on our side of the border. Um, but this is a great step that the U.S. is doing it. And I can only assume that they're going to be needing a partner with a Canadian division that's going to be very similar. Well, yeah, because we already know, but obviously that, that election that first elected Trump, of course, we talked about the Russian involvement and both the FBI and CIA uh, verified that that was happening. But uh, you've reported this just before Christmas. A lot of the hacks uh, in November, December were government agencies, uh, government data, you know, uh, HR files, a lot of very personal and very secretive information. Boom, gone. All levels of government were infiltrated in the in December, and and I mean on even the smallest regions, from small communities right up to the top of the federal department. I mean they all got lambasted, and uh, not only did they get infiltrated to the degree, it was with a system that the U.S. was very proud about, and something they were very uh, uh you know they they gloated that they were very secure in regards to being able to have it. And Microsoft, being one of those systems, uh, was imp was used in a lot of this. Uh, 
and all those levels of government. So the fact that this is coming in is it should I, I want to say give peace of mind. I mean the damage is done, Bill. Um, but what this does is it puts a puts a little bit of an effort towards what can we do to better protect citizens. And and by the way, citizens not only U.S. Canadians in that matter are impacted by that. So yeah, it was a big punch in the gut in my opinion. The Trump administration dropped the ball big time when it came to that. And I have to say that's one thing I, I do actually appreciate with what the Biden government is doing is they're taking it seriously and they're putting an effort towards that cybersecurity uh, on a whole a whole new level, if you will. Speaking of people watching you, uh, what happens with uh, Google's uh, balloon program? It's, uh, shall we say, deflated? Oh, <laughs> I love the punch. Google, yes, I always talk about Google's programs and how amazing they are. The Loon program, which we spoke about three years ago, and I remember making this announcement, Bill, when we were talking about Internet available in remote areas. Google had a high level of interest to create this air balloon that would fly above the atmosphere, and it would kind of coast in our, uh, in our stratosphere, so to speak, and give that ability to give Internet to resources in area and rural areas. However, uh, Obviously, Google has tried this program, and, and, and it wasn't that it failed. It was just there's been a lot of technology that has advanced. As an example, we know that uh, Skylink, which is what Elon Musk program, has a satellite that's just literally crushing remote areas with high-speed Internet. So it's it's smart move because the Loom program wasn't giving a fast Internet. It was just giving Internet to rural areas. But Alphabet, is Alphabet by the way, is Google's uh, subsidiary program of these projects, mm. Alphabet is shutting it down. The Loon project is gone, but they've also shut down other programs, which I'm surprised didn't get enough uh, attention. They shut down uh, McCanny, that is the wind turbine energy, which was attached to kites to create renewable electricity. They shut that one down, and they also shut down Foghorn, which was a program they developed to create how to use clean fuel uh, from seawater. So Alphabet is uh, shutting down a lot of the renewable energy programs, um, maybe for like, making room for other divisions, but it's an interesting direction so quickly that we're seeing so much uh, push for climate change and Google shutting down these programs. Yeah, that is bizarre. Kind of going the wrong way on that one. Uh, this is Tech Talk. We do this every Friday at 1135, brought to you by Vacuuman. Adam, have a great week. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Bill. Have a great weekend. Adam Oldfield, of course, from FPM and FPM3 Marketing. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.